Hey, it's Dr. K here from Design and Wellness Center, your holistic wellness and stress coach for women over 40. So thank you for joining me for today's So Inspired Tip. So today I'm talking about how our unconscious beliefs and some of the roles that we play in terms of psychological archetypes can really feed into the stress response. Now, there are many things that can cause us stress and we might feel stressed because of a big event that's happened in our life, or we might feel stress from these little buildups of lots of little small stressors that that happen from day to day, such as being stuck in traffic or getting lots of emails. At some stage or another in all of our lives, we're going to experience some form of pressure. We're going to experience responsibilities that sometimes can be overwhelming. We're all going to face, you know, changes and transitions from the loss of a loved one. We're all going to experience those, you know, changes in the stages of our life. We all have perhaps experienced failed relationships and failed businesses, failed endeavors. So most of us are going to experience those periods of stress and anxiety and uncertainty because yes, essentially these events in our lives that happen, we may feel that we don't have much control over the outcome of those situations. So what research has found is that much of what we experience in terms of stress being this psychological and physiological response really is about how we interpret or perceive the consequences or the outcomes of a particular situation or event. So sometimes we look at you know situations as being a threat and sometimes we can look at it as being a growth opportunity. So research has confirmed that we do have the ability to rewire our brain and we can do this through cognitive restructuring we can do this by upshifting our thinking where we can get to the root of our thoughts and our underlying beliefs and our values and standards that have typically been conditioned this is really a way that we can cope through stress and depression and anxiety and even chronic pain and illness and panic disorder. So research has found that cognitively restructuring the brain is an effective coping method of getting through those stressors and again, um, through illness and chronic pain and anxiety, depression, and so forth. Because what's happening is that we recognize the situations that trigger that stress response. And then we can then begin to restructure so that we perceive the situations that we're experiencing more accurately in terms of the facts. And we're able to define those underlying beliefs that subconsciously we're not even aware of, those values and standards that are often conditioned from our environment and society. So when we can change those thoughts surrounding stress and those events, then we can again begin to uproot the core meanings that we attach to our challenges. We can shift our thinking into new healthy thoughts and emotions as well because thoughts are going to trigger emotions and emotions are going to trigger a thought that's a you know vicious cycle. So when we have these new thought forms, as we're able to kind of upshift our thinking and restructure the way that we perceive and look at life situations, then we can perceive the outcomes of events as being less threatening which is naturally going to lower the stress response, right? It's gonna lower that fear and lower that anxiety. So number one, I wanna talk a little bit about how our thoughts, how our underlying beliefs and our values are really kind of at the source of much of our stress and our stress response, and we're not even aware of it. And so there are three types of thoughts that we commonly know of conscious thought, subconscious thought, and unconscious thought. 
So most of our thoughts are unconscious and autopilot in nature, meaning that they just pop up in our mind, they come and go, but mostly we're not aware of them. And so most of our thoughts tend to be distorted in some way and they leave out important evidence. Many of us tend to ruminate over our thoughts from this negativity bias, meaning that we can look at a situation that's happened and now we have attached this negative meaning to that event, which causes us to react and become stressed out. So when we make assumptions that A, this situation is the reason why I'm angry, but yet we're not aware that our own thinking, our own beliefs was the mediator of that stress response. So more often than not, we assume that this situation or A is the cause of our stress when in actuality, it's our B, the belief or our perception about that event, which is actually leads to some type of action or consequence, right? So what we aren't aware is that our underlying beliefs, our values, our standards, they continually interact with our present day-to-day -day experience. And this is where we make judgments, we make assumptions, we view the world based on our underlying beliefs and our values. That stems mostly from what we have learned from a very young age, from our parents, from others in our environment, from teachers, from friends, from churches, from schools, and even we learn these behaviors too within our adult life experiences. So these beliefs and these values these standards that have been conditioned, these thought patterns are often at the root of stress and at the root of fear and anxiety. And sometimes we may even feel shame or guilt if we try to break the rules of our conditioned culture. So this really requires that we begin to dispute our own irrational beliefs and restructure those beliefs and thoughts and uncover the unconscious level of the mind. This is really key to true inner healing and overcoming those challenges and building that resilience. So the challenge is learning how to identify those common assumptions that are at the root of the negative thinking pattern that again, creates emotions that create thoughts. There's a vicious cycle that happens here. So we really kind of have to, to get centered and go through reflective, you know, self-talk or activities in which we can really learn to challenge those assumptions and beliefs and replace them with more healthy, realistic thoughts. So to start, what I really would invite you to do is to think about some of the rules and the values and the standards that you have learned from your childhood or through your adult years surrounding that of money, relationships, your career, success, health, personal power, spirituality, certain rules that we attach again to these areas and we typically learn them at a very long, young age. So I want you to see how these rules have played a role in your perception about life and how some of these beliefs may be actually triggering your stress response. Think about how this feels in your body, how this the sensations feel in your body. So if we're thinking about money, for example, then think about how your family upbringing was uh, centered around the value of money. Did you come from a background where there was a kind of a scarcity mindset or did you come from a very wealthy family? So now you feel in terms of your success that you have to have a lot of money in order to feel success. And if you don't have that money, then you feel somewhat this creates a conflict. There, This creates stress. Same thing with relationships. If you had parents that were in a very strong relationship and they were married for, you know, many decades and 
maybe now you're in a relationship or a failed marriage and so you're kind of looking at the assumption and beliefs from your past and what you view a healthy relationship to be that can create conflict if you're not experienced that same relationship that your parents did that they instilled that sense of what a healthy relationship should be so i want you to think about some of these elements again and think about how this is triggering you in terms of your beliefs from an early childhood how that feels in your body what the, does the sensations feel like and i want you to kind of think about what are some ways that you can shift your perspective about your situation and begin to rework those beliefs and those rules in each of these areas that i've talked about right so the second part that i want to talk about is the roles that we play whether that's socially and or the subconscious archetypes that play out that we're not aware of as well so sometimes the roles that we play can contribute to our stress and whether that is the social roles in terms of our relationships maybe we're a wife we're a daughter we're you know, a mother or sister, you know, we have different career goals, but there's often these archetypes that are often playing out in the background too, that we have to become aware of so that we can really operate within our authentic, empowered self. So sometimes we experience ourselves within the mercy that we have to look externally to validate who we are. And sometimes we may feel that something has happened to me, right? We can play that victim role where, okay, this relationship, I was hurt, or I'm experiencing this health you know, this illness or my career has failed. These are things that we can sense that this has happened. This is something that's happened to me. And some can term this as the victim mentality, but really essentially these are just emotions, distorted thoughts that we have been conditioned to believe about our self-worth, right? So it appears that we don't have choices or that our personal power has been taken away in some way or another. So we can become very much dependent or reliant on external people or external sources, whether that comes from a partner or a significant other, um, a spouse, a companion, even a family member. This can even be a group of people or organization. There's a lot of patients who become very dependent on the medical system when, without really taking true accountability for their own health because they feel that they don't have control or that sense of power to have that expertise or knowledge about what's the best way to care for myself and prevent disease and illness. So we can, in a sense, have this helplessness or this sense of powerlessness to change our situations, which can very much deplete our energy and lead to stress. And so when we have this sense there's no power, if I've lost my power, then yeah, this creates a lot of tension and a lot of stress because we want to ultimately, that's the ego part of our mind, we want to have that sense of control. And when we don't have that sense of control, then yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of worry and a lot of stress and anxiety behind that. So sometimes often too, we often play the servant role where we are trying to save everybody. We're trying to help everybody at our own expense. And we're trying to be everything to everyone. But at the same time, we're unfulfilled. At the same time, we're not complete and living a fulfilled life because we're too much giving our energy away to everyone else. This comes back to where it's important that we value our energy. We value ourselves and not really... I think sometimes we're not valuing or really unearthing what makes us feel this way, right? So we have to really get in touch with what I'm trying to say is that we have to get in touch where we're, we're, we feel this inadequacy. Where do we feel that we're not worthy? Where did that come from? Where did that belief stem from? Because when we're not honoring our true worth and 
that we deserve to be cared for too, then we're not operating within our authentic self. So it really comes back that we want to really get to the root of what makes us feel inadequate. Where did that come from? What makes us feel not valuable? Because we deserve to have that peace and that joy, that freedom and success in every area of our life. So we have to shift our perceptions and beliefs about ourselves so that we can shift stress as well, because a lot of it is underlying our beliefs and our thought patterns that are often distorted. Maybe we have been through relationships where our hearts have been wounded and we hide, we hide behind a wall of emotional pain and grief and we're not able to really experience the true flow of love and real intimacy in other relationships. And a lot of times we self-sabotage because we're not even able to heal or express that trauma that's up underneath the surface, that intense pain, that intense sorrow. And that can constrict our voice and we become, you know, like the silent child. That's a role that many of us play because we haven't healed from those emotional traumas that are at the root that creates a lot of stress and anxiety. Also, maybe we're just out of balance with our feminine and our masculine energy. So we tend to operate from the left side of the brain quite a bit, the intellectual part, the masculine energy. And sometimes we can allow our ego to make us behave in ways that yeah, we want to get our needs met, but that's not aligned with naturally what wants to unfold in our life. And this creates, you know, tension between the ego and the true self. And that can contribute to a lot of our stress. So we really have to come back into this femininity, you know, masculine energy, of course, it has to have a balance between masculine and feminine. And that's about balancing the left and the right side of the brain. Because when we learn to balance the logical, the intellectual and the rational mind with the emotional mind, then we come back to this wise mind. This is about the balance of the feminine and the masculine energy and getting more in touch with that uh, creative, intuitive and spiritual mind. So with this balance, then we naturally have this sense of inner resilience from stress. And we discover that inner awareness, that higher consciousness, that guru that lives right inside of you, 